Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, September 8th, 2022. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and there's a solution, page 27. And we're reading two paragraphs, starting with the first paragraph. Um, it's some of our epoch re- uh, readers, ending with the gates of hell, and I closed on him with a clang. All right, today's readers, the steps, the 12 steps, GNR, the 12 traditions, Matthew G. Reader of the text is Tenzin P, page 164 is Anne Marie M. Backup readers, Janice PM. Newcomer greeters, Terry S., and second-hour host is Karen K. So our reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, September 8, 2022, are a 7 a.m. meeting, and that's Eastern time. It's 19,383. That's 19383. 10 a.m. Eastern time meeting is 19,384. 19,384. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who share experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. If there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. English listening or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Junior R to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Junior R, uh, the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Excuse me, four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. All right, Jeannie, thank you very much. Now I ask Matthew G. to Hi, um, Matthew read G. Our, our 12 traditions. Sorry about that, Matt. I'm still on that. Take buddy. Hi, Matthew G. in Paris. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest, money, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, <clears throat> but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to be a service. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate that. So how our how meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of full recovery, describing the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing. And we ask that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify some possible readers only. Our absent requirement for abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the uh, directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study and uh, there is a solution. We're on page 27, the first and second paragraph, starting with some of our alcoholic leaders through uh, and ending the gates of hell that closed on him with the clan. And I've asked uh, Tenzin P to start us off with the reading. Good morning, Russ and everyone. Uh, Tenzin T, checking in from New York. Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with his doctor. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I have never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. Boom. So that's the end of the uh, two paragraphs that we're reading today. And it is in a chapter that is called, There is a Solution. Um, and the solution 
of course, and this is, as we were discussing in the past uh, couple of days, this is uh, specifically about Roland Hazard, um, but it's about me and it's about anyone of us that identifies and that I am a compulsive overeater. And while, while my situation with food didn't, didn't involve um, uh, one specific incident where the door closed with a clang, my life had become unmanageable. It, it, it was it, the and the source of the pain uh, was deeper. It had to do what what I came to understand through this program. It came to understand that it had to do with that I was trying to do my life without spiritual help. You know, the last paragraph that we read yesterday um, talked about uh, if if he is if we are willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. And this has to do with the spiritual underpinning and then how I learn to put that into action with, in every area of my life and with, with myself and with all people. So um, chronic alcoholic, chronic food addict, that's me. While it has to do with my body, we're not talking about the body here, we're talking about the mind. I always thought that I was so unique. Um, we are all precious individuals, but I am not so unique. Um, I come on this line to hear other versions of what has been my problem, and I come on this line to hear uh, what has been the solution. Uh, so this, the gates of hell closing is about a real first step. And that is followed by steps two and three and the rest of the steps. So I think I'm going to end here, but I'm so looking forward to hearing what everyone else will have to say. All right, thank you, Kenzie. Appreciate you starting us off. So we're gonna open up the line for sharing and you know the deal, although we value your experience. We ask that you limit your share every third day so others could share their experience. So, so if you share it on two, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and let others share. So who would like to share on page 27 here today? Roger from downtown Los Angeles. Rifka R. from right. Baltimore. Melissa Shea. Rifka R. from Baltimore. I don't Got think you, Sorry about that. <laughs> Melissa Shea. Janice Pian. Janice. Judith SP. All right, we got Judith. Who else? All right, we'll go with that. We got Roger, Rispa R, uh, Melissa C, Janice PM, and Judas SP. Roger, you're up. I just need, uh, I know we got you from LA. I didn't get your, your first one to show up your last name. Roger. Start one, Roger. There Roger you go. B. Sorry. California. Roger B, my man. Okay, okay thank you. Good morning. B. Happy uh, Friday, OA family. It's 4 a.m. in Los Angeles. 
Um, this, this, what we read describes me perfectly. The last time I, well, it wasn't the last time I compulsively overate, but on September 20th, 1984, I had planned on doing just a little bit of cocaine, uh, drinking a little bit of vodka, and having a little bit of cheesecake and a little bit of pizza. I did four grams of cocaine. I drank a whole bottle of vodka. I ate a whole pizza and a whole cheesecake. And at 7 o'clock in the morning, I was talking like this because I was so screwed up. There was no caller ID back then, and my boss called from Germany. And in that conversation, he fired me. And, um, you know, I felt like the gates of hell had closed on me with a clang on that day. I thought that was the last day in my life. I went to my parents and said, how the F could they do this to me after all I've done for them? And my dad said the veins on my neck were popping out of, my, out of me. He said he knew there was something wrong. He just didn't know what, and he didn't know how to help me. And I learned uh, two days later that was the first day of any kind of life because normal people don't do what I did on that day. And I didn't know about a spiritual solution. Um, I bargained with God, God, if you get me through this, you know, I promise I'll do X, Y, or Z. And every time I got through it, of course, I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. So, um, you know, I had doctors I went to who said, um, you know, you've got a problem with food, you've got a problem with drugs, you've got a problem with I, I never, you know, I was the last to know. I didn't know, as Herb K. would say, I didn't know until I knew and I didn't see until I saw. So I, I love this reading, and thank you guys for paying a 12-step call on me. I'm Roger, and I'm out. Thanks, Roger. I appreciate it. Next, next up is Risco R., followed by Melissa C. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here. Rivka with a V, R-I-V-K-A-R. Um, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Baltimore. So I'm also going to comment on that. Our, our friend felt so the gates of hell closed on him with a cling. Uh, that's how I felt December 25th, 2020, uh, when I woke up after another relapse, after spending 33 years in and out of OA. Um, I asked God, I was at the end of my rope, what, what should I do? Is there no hope for me? And I got the message, I guess it came through this voice inside that said, okay, call this woman that I had met at the Vision Convention a few years before, and and I listened, and I and thank God she became my sponsor, and I became willing to take certain actions around my food and program that I hadn't been willing to do before. And that was my, my Red Sea splitting. I, the last time I shared, I mentioned about the splitting of the Red Sea, and I, I was, when I was thinking about it again, I was... I was so stunned what a perfect analogy this is to my disease. So uh, the Israelites come out, you know, come out of Egypt. They're at the Red Sea. The water's in front of them. The Egyptians are in hot pursuit behind them to take them back to a life of slavery. And there were different factions among the Jews. One faction said, let's pray. Another faction said, let's fight them. Another faction said, well, let's just give up and go back. And none of those factions had the right solution for the situation. Only one man back then had the solution, and it wasn't even Moses. It was one man who took an action. He decided to trust God and actually walk into the water. And at that point, the sea split, and the nation was saved. So that's 
what I can do today, I can take an action, the action of surrendering food and, and surrendering to God and working the steps that will clear the way to my personal salvation. I can't just pray while stuffing my face and hoping for a better outcome. That doesn't work. I can't fight it, which is like holding my breath underwater. That won't last very long because I am powerless. They put me in a boxing ring with a chocolate chip, and that chocolate chip's going to win every time. I could give up and just go back and say, okay, forget it. I might as well just surrender to the disease and eat and live a miserable life in slavery to the food. Well, that's, that's not a great option. Or I can do what that one person did back there. I can take action. I can get honest, surrender, put that food down, work the steps, let God transform my reality and my life, which for me today is as big a miracle as splitting the Red Sea. So I'm so grateful for that miracle today. Uh, And I pass. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Rivka. Appreciate it. Next up is Melissa C. followed by Janice P.M. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thank you so much for your service this morning. And holy smokes, I'm like blown away. I'm listening to these Sarah thinking, you know, I'm I'm really grateful to start my morning, you know, on my ride into work and get seriously fed by all of you. And, um, yeah, I think, wow, I, yeah, I stepped into a sea, what looked like a sea, what looked like an ocean, and there was a power greater than me that saved me, that redeemed me and saved me. Um, you know, my my own personal experience was um, I thought spiritual solutions were a joke, like give me a break, just give me a food plan, show me what to do, give me another quick sex, and I spent my whole life, you know, believing in um ridiculous solution, you know, scams and schemes and anything that costs money, the more extreme and the more expensive I was in. But don't talk to me about God, because how could a God save me from from food? It seemed beneath, it seemed beneath a, a, a power, and it seemed beneath my consideration. And yet, you know, I think like all, like all of us that come thinking we know better, um, the disease convinces. For me, my, you know, the gates of death that clanged on me was, I had a doctor tell me, my doctor told me, you're not going to make it out of your 40s, you know, I, your, your weight continues to rise, your numbers are are horrible, you know, my blood pressure was dangerously high, and he said, you, you need to get weight loss surgery, that's the only thing that's going to save you. And I, you know, walked around with the referral in my pocket thinking, all right, well, let me just finish eating. You know, and I then did a little research and really with the gates of, you know, where I could feel that clang was I started to do the research and I read about a woman who lost the weight and regained it all because she found out she could eat ice cream. And I thought, oh, my God, my my only hope is just to taken away from me. I'm really screwed. You know, and not long after I found my way here and um, this has been the greatest gift of my life. I'm grateful be a compulsive overeater because I get to start my morning, a Friday morning, being spiritually fed by people, um, you know, around the world. And um, what a gift that is. Thanks for that. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Janice PM, followed by Judith SP. 
Well, good morning to you, Rasam, and everybody on the line. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> this is where it's at. This is the answer. This is the solution. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but when I came in, I said, "Well, no, just give me the right food plan. Let me get the best sponsor that I hear." Let me, you know, and you couldn't tell me um, that this was a, I mean, I heard it just lightly about a spiritual solution. But, of course, me, with my thinking, with my egotistical mind, I said, I'll be able to do this, you know. And, you know, that thinking was for a long time, try and try and try and. So if you're in this program and you think like I thought, that I can do this thing, I can find a way out myself, that's a lie. I believed a lie. I need the spiritual liberation from the torture of, uh, of living the way I lived because everything wasn't right. Everything was wrong with everybody else. But, you know, it talks about the mind, if you have the mind, well, yeah, I, don't know. I used to think exactly like a chronic alcoholic, a chronic smoker, a chronic is one that's smoking all the time, the one that's alcoholic, a compulsive overeating, starts and stops. And, you know, this Dr. Young said from his experience, like I've heard from you people, um, I've never seen one single case recover. I've never, as long as I've been in the program, seen somebody come back and say, listen, Janice, I got the answer. This is what you do. And this is the food plan. It doesn't work. (laughs) I needed a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening to change my state of mind. It had to be vital. It was a huge emotional event, especially a spiritual experience. We'll talk about that. Because abstinence alone did not change me. (laughs) It arrested it maybe for one day if I lasted that long. But then, of course, I would find some reason to start again. They say the meetings make it. No, the meetings are supportive. The other part of the program, the meetings don't make it. The steps we take transformed my mind, transformed me, and it's still transforming me uh, by a spiritual transformation. I can't dwell on that enough because that's the only thing I found. And look, I've been in many, many years, and I'm much older than a lot of people. uh, Thank you. And knowledge does not transform me. It's good to have and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Janice. Next up is Judith S.P., and we're going to take another list. Good morning, Russ. Uh, this is Judith S.P. in Maryland, and good morning, OA family. Uh, truly, truly grateful to be here in this marvelous day that God has given me, breath and uh, ability to function. Uh 
I guess for me, well, not guess, I know for me that one one thing that strikes me in these two paragraphs is all the reference to mind. It starts off with alcoholic readers. Kind of interesting. I, I say, what does he say, alcoholic readers, not just alcoholics? Because by this point, I'm I'm in this. I'm listening. I'm open because I'm so desperate. But then we go on to the words think and mind and mind and my thinking and my mind, even to this moment in this day, are very, very sick. And I realize it when I try as hard as I can to surrender and accept life on life's terms, and still I get my foot caught in the trap of my disease. So in living this day, the gates of hell will close on me and do close on me if I am not totally 100% connected and trust in God and realize that the only way for me to have a sane and serene life is to turn to my higher power and lean in as hard as I can when things are going well, when they're just going, or when I'm in a jam. There is no other way for me without spiritual help, and that spiritual help can come only from the source of my higher power. I can try to finagle out of it, I can rationalize away, no, I don't need to do that right now. I'm too busy to pause and take some quiet time and make a choice to reach out to somebody, which is God and skin for me. So reaching out, meetings, they're all important because they're all aspects of God. And it is so incredibly difficult sometimes because of so many years of digging my heels in and saying, I know the way. I just have to find that needle in the haystack, and then everything will be okay. And that still lives with me today. So I am so grateful to hear the shares, to be given the opportunity to share today, because I need every moment of every day to be connected to God. It's as they say, when the ceiling breaks, there's a great celebration because the light can come through. And you all are my light as I find my way to my higher power. And with that, I pass, and thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Judith. So now we're going to take another group. We are... There's a solution. There's a solution. Page 27, first two paragraphs. Some of our core greeters through the gates of hell closed on him with the clang. And, you know, if you've shared the last couple of days, uh, please step back. That others have a chance to share it. Too. So who would like to share? Holly L. This is Jamie from Tennessee. Holly L. Cheryl R. Okay, hold on. One second. One second. So I got Polly L. I heard Rick J. Jeannie. Tennessee. 
Hold on. Hold on, please. Veronica. Janice. Gary. Um, I think Sarah, Sarah R. Yep. I heard Sarah R. Uh, okay, we got Pete, and then there's Darian. I, I know I missed somebody. Probably about 17 people. Uh, Veronica C., that's it. So we're going to put that Veronica. So this is what I got. We're going to go with this list. Holly L., uh, Rick J., Shannon Veronica C., Sarah R., Darian K., and P.P. If we have time, we'll, we'll grab the other people. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm not great at it. doing my best here. All right. You're up, Holly. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to go personal with this, so I'm a little shaky sharing because I know there's always a ton of people on meetings and it makes me nervous to share. But um, I think personal is what I needed to hear when I started. Uh, When I heard the reading this morning and they say, like, this is the worst case we've ever seen, it threw me backwards to about three or four years ago, about three years ago now when I um, went to court against my mom for a court, like a case of child abuse for over 30 years. And I was the only sibling of mine left that was able to help strip the state stripped her of her rights. It doesn't matter. But what did matter is I got calls from the state saying this was the worst case of abuse and neglect we've seen for of 30 years. And when I started program, it was, and I've shared this on the line before, I had a spiritual experience the one morning um, and then started OA that day. And it was the morning of my brother's murder trial. And right before that, I had had another brother that had been hit by a cop car and had a brain aneurysm, had just gotten out of an abusive relationship, had had to let go of a business that I had started and also had my first experience with a stalker. And um, my rock bottom was a really sad and lonely place. And I had known a lot of dissociation in my lifetime. And when I started, I, I used all of these things as the reasons why I couldn't be okay, why I couldn't get out of my, like, flashback. And I have a very severe case of, like, PTSD. And my therapist and everyone has told me this is one of the most severe cases. And da, 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 da. And I always thought, like, well, then I'm not going to get better. And then I found God. I found you all. And through that and the steps, I found God. And I'm okay now. Um, I, I, am, I walk with God every day now. And I don't really even know what that means because I don't understand what God is. But I, I have an understanding of what it means for me on a daily basis. Like I can't explain God, but I know what it means to walk with God, to live with God. I know what it means to be free, to start to access these promises. And um, I feel like I have a war cry inside of me. I still have a lot of problems. I still have flashbacks and struggles, and I'm not so neutral like some people talk about with this food. It's, it's not like that for me. But I am not hurting myself like I once did. I do have fewer mental health challenges and food and obsessive and compulsive behavior-type related challenges. And I am closer than I have ever been to the little girl inside of me that I could have always been had I had had a different, you know, sort of upbringing without any sort of resentment or anger. So I am just, I'm so blessed. And I can't even believe I'm the kind of woman that would use the word blessed because I used to scoff at that kind of statement. Uh, and it is, 
Thank you, Harriet. I'll just wrap with this. It is because of finding God through fellows and through this program. So I'm grateful for all of you. I'm Polly Elson, Ohio. Thank you. Thanks, Polly. Appreciate it. Next up is Rick J. followed by Shanna C. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thanks for your service, brother. Uh, my name's Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, love this this paragraph, uh, these two paragraphs. You know, and I I have the mind of a chronic compulsive overeater. That is the way my mind is left unattended. Uh, the only thing that's um, keeping me in a recovered state is connecting to the spiritual help it's it's talking about here. Um, and I used to think that I could do this without spiritual help. And and this is someone who is going to, uh, you know, a uh, 12-step program. In my mind, I was working these steps, you know, kind of like a checklist and um, – you know, I was looking over at um, page 25, and when it's talking about there's a solution there, you know, in the italics, I, I was looking in my big book, and I had drawn an arrow all the way down to the very bottom of the page, and it says to accept spiritual help. <laughs> so I just sort of connected that. There is a solution to accept spiritual help, you know, and and I was one of those that, uh, you know, thought that I could do this without spiritual help, and the spiritual help you know, is is that everything that we're we're finding out about what we do to release anything that's going to block us from a power greater than us, because we cannot do this. If I've gotten to this point, then I have a belief system set up. I believe that I'm powerless, and I know I understand this. So if I am powerless, then I need something other than me. I need a, a greater, a higher power, and to access that power on a daily basis is what keeps my chronic alcoholic mind in a state of a recovered mind. I love that when it talks, you know, later in the book, it says, after all, God gave us brains to use. He gave us recovered brains to use. You know, and uh, the phenomenon of craving is what happens when I trigger certain foods and ingredients in my system, I, I trigger that physical allergy. And with my mind, my alcoholic mind, it's the, uh, you know, the phenomenon of obsession. You know, it will take me back to that first compulsive bite. And then I, I'm in the phenomenon of craving now. I and mean, there's no way for me to overcome that on my own. I am beyond human aid and there's no return to human aid. And for me, when the doctor called me a ticking time bomb, and that very day I was binging and then promised my son I would never eat like that again. And then he caught me an hour later eating like that again. That's when the gates of hell claimed Sorry. for me. And I don't have to live that way today. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, brother. Next up is Shannon C. Followed by Veronica C. Good morning. This is Janice from Tennessee. 
<clears throat> it takes yeah. a second for whatever reason to get in. Um, thank you again, uh, Russ, for your service, and thanks to everyone who shared. I don't really have a whole lot to add other than I'm just praying for the words and the delivery and that I share from my heart and not my head. Um, because this is an absolute miracle for my life. I never in my life thought that I could be free from compulsively overeating and stick to anything. Um, you know, um, since I was a kid, I, I, I ate. I, I didn't know what else to do. That's all I knew to do was to eat. Um, and, you know, despite the, the you know, the, guidance from my parents and all of these different things saying, you know, need this, whatever doctors, I mean, it was just what I did. And, uh, when it, you know, my solution to fixing what I thought was a problem, what I saw was a problem. And, um, you know, early teen years was, you know, the opposite extreme, the starvation, the laxatives, the this, the that, whatever, the, that, you know, all of the things. And then fast forward on into recovery, you know, I had been in living, actively living in active recovery for about 10 years, uh, on and off struggling with the food. Um, and I was speaking with another program member earlier this week, you know, I, you know, was kind of believing that the compulsive overeating was just kind of a defect as a result of my other problem with another substance that I was in the fellowship for. Um, and I, and I was being told that, but I was, and for me to say that I wasn't living in a spiritual experience by living in 10, 11, 12 in the other fellowship would be a lie. I was experiencing God. I, I was having miracles happen in my life, but, you know, and I had a lot of confusion about what compulsive overeating was. And I, was, I wasn't sure if I really was one, if I, you know, whatever. And I even had, a, an OA sponsor for about three years. It was big book, but was, um, no, and, and was emphasizing that there are, are we're not relying on a food plan, we're relying upon God. And it was almost sacrilege to the use of a food plan was, was not relying on God. So I didn't do that. And so I kind of thought, and it didn't work for me. For me, um, I'm so grateful for the tools today. And you would think that, you know, five, six, seven years ago, whenever I went to Disney and ate a uh, half of a huge pizza pie three inches thick and on top of a huge entree salad and literally busted a gut. Like I ate so much food, it, it damaged my stomach. Um, that would be, you know, me getting to that rock bottom. But no, it was years later after having been in recovery for a while, after having been told all kinds of different things and praying about this for years and doing all kinds of stuff to try it. I'd gotten to the end of my rope, and that was when I truly realized just how powerless I was. Sorry. And I was going to, thank you, and I was going to suffer the rest of my life unless a power greater than me changed me. And on that day, I did pray from the depths of my soul, and uh, on that day, I was given a soft place to land here um, in OA and was guided where I needed to be, and, and ever since then, that obsession's been gone. And I've been given away a life that really works on this problem as well. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks, and happy Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, Shanna. Appreciate it. Next up, Veronica C., followed by Sarah R. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, today is a beautiful day. I... um. 
you know, I had a lot of messages of different people that I would listen to. I was told by an aunt who was very thin at the time that she felt she had gained a couple of pounds. And all you have to do is eat half of what you already eat. That's the answer. I had another aunt that said, you know, you just have grapefruit before every meal and you will be fine. My mother had said, all you have to do is eat vegetables. Just eat a lot of vegetables and that's going to help you. So those were just some of the messages. Then I decided that it really wasn't about people that I knew because they didn't know enough. So what did I do? I became a macrobiotic because that was the answer. They proved it to me when I studied with the Institute. That was the answer. The next answer was Weight Watchers. And after that, the next answer became they weren't good enough. It had to be truly a specialist that was known by everybody as a specialist. So I saw Dr. Atkins. I thought that was the answer. No, maybe it needs to be more holistic. So I went with some holistic messages. And I saw holistic practitioners who at the time were very prominent in their field. Bottom line is nothing worked. Nothing worked at all because I placed all of my hopes, my dreams, my fantasies on other people, places, or situations that I wanted to believe were true, but none of them helped me. But what did help me, what saved me was the rooms, coming into the rooms, working the steps quickly, and going through the process of having an awakening about the food. Because God was my Savior. God is my Savior. And at the time when I went through my awakening, I did not believe it had anything to do with food. And it was the biggest surprise in my life that that was not only the solution at the time, but it was the answer to much of the situation that I was going through. So I became more of an addict to God love than I would have ever imagined even 10 years ago, that I could ever have imagined that I would love something that I can't even see except a beautiful person, Harlan has said often, in the face of a child. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Veronica. So then before Sarah jumps on, we're going to let you know where we're at. When this is, there's a solution, page 27, the first two paragraphs, and some of our alcoholic readers through and ending with the gates of hell close on him with a clang. All right, Sarah, you're up. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Sarah R. from New York. Such a great meeting. Um, I love the words, and the gates of hell closed on him. And, um, you know, I very much identify with that. Where where I grew up, your worth is, um, what they ingrain in you, is that your worth is dependent on your looks. And, you know, it, 
I, I hear where they're coming from because, you know, a lot of people um, coming from the Holocaust generation and they had nothing going for them. And at that point, that's the only reason that came up logically for me as to why they're so obsessed about looks. But anyways, growing up, as long as you were thin, you were worth something. As long as you were thin, everything was good. Um, but also, we had no way to deal with anything, so it was always about food, good day, bad day, sunny day, successful day, you know, it's through the food. Um, I was not taught how to deal with my feelings or how to deal with anything. Um, so it's interesting, right? Because when you have these two factors, number one, um, it's only if you're thin, you're okay. But then at the same time, dealing with life with food. And, um, you know, I've tried everything. And a lot of things worked for me. It was perfect. Um, you know, someone was saying, oh, the just, you know, all, all the wise aunts and 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 people that you meet at weddings who would say, yeah, just the grapefruit that someone mentioned or the water or not eating past seven. And it's funny because I tried those things and they all worked. So, you know, they worked, but the the spiritual solution and the steps that we all talk about was not was not with me at the time. So. I guess I have a really fast metabolism and it's great. And I just know how not to eat. Weight comes off. Problem happens in life. A graduation happens, a celebration, anything happens. I eat again. And then stepping into these rooms where I just like literally stepping in with my little toes without even getting into the program, they said, spiritual solution. I said, no worries. I grew up religious. I got this. I, I I already have a God that I pray to. But, you know, taking everything I know and realigning it to using, actually using the God that I grew up with for a spiritual solution and to give things over, it's kind of, you know, learning a new language or, you know, learning a new sport or, some, or a new instrument. And, um, you know, it takes time to, you know, I, I play the drums, and when I was starting to learn, it was really hard for me to take the notes from English into notes and know, okay, I hit the hi-hat every time I see that. But you know what? Now I play really well, and I'm in a band, and it's the same thing. It's about being gentle. Right. Yes, thank you. It's about being gentle and just connecting to my higher power, and um, you know what? Good day, bad day, any day co-sponsored in part by my higher power. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. Next up is Darren K. followed by Pete Bay. Pete Bay. <laughs> Sorry. Hi there. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, great. Hi there, Russ. Um, so this is Darian K. in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Very grateful to be with all of you, and uh, I just feel like I'm listening to poets and best-selling authors because <laughs> you guys have so many incredibly beautiful pearls of wisdom um, that you bring to life with this, you know, information that we read in this book. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to you because um, I need that. I need the sort of a breakdown of the information and um, and different perspectives um, so that I can understand it. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I can relate so much to, um, you know, the gates of hell, but the gates of hell weren't like, 
oh, I'm going to die. The gates of hell were, you, you know, you're missing out on life. You're missing out on, you know, childhood fun times and clothes. I'm, you know, I love clothes, clothes that all the kids were wearing at the time. And, um, you know, just being, just fitting in with everybody, you know, just feeling so much like an outsider. And so, um, you know, I just, I just feel so grateful that I um, have a program in my life that has spiritual peace, you know, um, that just gives me that opportunity to be able to have the things that I missed. Um, yeah, so I'm just so grateful. I'm going to end now because I know I'm going to and I'll pass. Thanks, Darian. Appreciate it. Pete, you're up, brother. Thanks, Russ. My name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive over here to recover today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thanks for taking the meeting, Russ. Appreciate your service and uh, happy birthday, belated. Um, yeah, you know, when I read this paragraph, it, it, it just, you know, when I think about the courage and the kindness that this doctor displayed in this, in these two paragraphs, right? Like how it could have been so easy for him, for the doctor to say, well, just keep trying. We have another thing. How much money you have left, right? We, there's, there's another guy. Go, go look to that guy, right? He, this doctor displayed the courage that many of us never, ever put forth to tell the person that, you are in a hopeless condition, right? Like we're so fast to swoop in with the joy and the promise that the program of Overeaters Anonymous delivers. It's going to be okay. Hang in there. Just keep coming back, right? We want to we 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 want to water down the message of the program. Well, just stick around till you eventually believe. Right? It doesn't have to be spiritual. It could be practical. Right? Just be willing to believe. All that means is this. Right? And the fact of the matter is, is that we, if, if we have any hope of recovering, if we are truly have a hopeless condition of the mind and body, we have to be, we have to be confronted with the truth. Only a spiritual experience will conquer Right? Not, not the adoption of some practices and some disciplines that will get me through the day if I only hold on enough, if I only make the right connections, if I only make you know, the right fearless and searching moral inventory. Only a spiritual experience will conquer. And the good news is, is that, that this book provides us with the process this, that if practice as outlined can produce that essential psychic change the vital spiritual experience, right? But we have to be truthful, right? We have to get the compulsive overeater or the compulsive overeater has to get to the point where they acknowledge that they are hopeless. And it's not our job to swoop in and to provide some artificial hope that guess what? It's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. If you continue living the way that you were living, you were going to die, which is, should be good news. The bad news is it might take 30 years. It might take 40 years. It might take all those years of existing in this condition that has us living below the standard that our loving and merciful God would have us live. 
I'm grateful for the recovered compulsive overeaters and alcoholics that told me the truth and didn't worry wow. about my feelings or if I was going to be scared away. And with that, I'll pause. Thank you, Pete. So we have time for one share or two two-minute shares. Christina J. Anne Marie. Christina J. Uh, we got Christina J. And Anne Marie. We're going to do two apiece, okay? Joanne P. All right, Christina. Joanne, you're going to have to wait till the next meeting, please. All right. Christina J., you got two minutes. And then uh, Anne Marie has two. Okay, I got it. Okay. How many people out there like me felt the gates of hell playing after a binge every time? Might be nine minutes in, might be effing 30 minutes in. How many people felt the gates of hell clang in, sitting in your car alone out in a parking lot, in the bedroom with the lights off, with the TV going, bags and boxes empty all around you? The gates of effing hell closing in on you. I felt that over and over and over in my life. Nobody had to tell me they were closing in. I felt them hard. Felt hopeless. Felt fat. Felt gross. Felt unhealthy. Felt my body getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Gates of hell, I know them well. I would try to come out of that place thinking this diet was going to free me. But as I walked out of those places, the binging I had hope for another diet, another pill, another potion, another doctor's promise. I still had the prison bracelet on my ankles. And the weight of the ball as I was dragging it along of my irritable, restless discontent, the pain of my life still following me because I had no way to deal with the pain of my life. That thing I drug along with me, like a heavy backpack, as one member told me, or a ball and chain, like Janis Joplin sings about the addiction, the disease, the not knowing how to handle life. And I I just feel for you. I heard about a 500-pound lady yesterday, and I broke my heart broke. Underneath that is a child buried, buried in there crying to get out in the gates of hell of all that weight. If you're out there effing around with trying to get recovered, Start taking the action. You'll get there. Start taking the action. Get a sponsor and move forward. Sorry, I'm so emotional. I'm just feeling this today. God bless everybody. I pass. All right. Thanks, Christina. So we're cutting close here. I messed up the timing, and I'm sorry about that. Hey, Marie, you got about a minute. If you want to do that, if not, you can jump on the counter cake and make sure that sure, Marie thank, gets on. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, okay, here I am. Yeah, I end up hanging up. So Anne-Marie, uh, compulsive, gratefully recovered through God's grace by working the 12 steps. Um, oh, gosh. I, there was so much I wanted to say. So um, there's hope. And I know I needed to, to see those gates of hell, on, you know, close on me before I could do something. And, um, you know, I have a friend that talks about going to the right information, getting the right information, talking about you know, trying to take a picture with her phone and keep pushing the button, pushing the button. That's what I kept on doing. I kept on showing up to this, you know, a vision for you, showing up and showing up, but I was pushing the wrong button. And finally, someone, 
told me what button to push. They said, Amory, this is the button to take pictures. I got the right information, and um, I'm just so very grateful, very, very grateful. So I'll pass with that. Thanks, Amory. I appreciate it. Sorry to cut you short. So, Amory, was our last share. We thank everyone who shared on this meeting today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, Friday, September 9th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,388-19388. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. We'll tend to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Anne-Marie M., Anne-Marie M., please read a yes. vision for your book is not to be suggested only. Thank you. Again, uh, Anne-Marie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we, on- we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him as your fel- and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.